Amen. 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 Let's move right into our uh, word for today. So get your Bibles in your hands. Get my trusty Bible. Repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, feed me your word. If you believe you're going to be fed, go ahead and make some noise this morning again. Amen. I solicit your prayers. I'm a little tired in my body. been doing some traveling and some other things. So just ask that you would uh, pray for me as I minister the word. So we are in a series leading up, and the series is the Advent series. And so uh, the Advent is seen as something that people do, and in many of the liturgical churches, they light candles. And so we're going to talk about what those candles mean. And we, we started last week with it, but we'll, we'll give you the definition of Advent to start us off. Advent is the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. And then number two, the first season of the Christian church year leading up to Christmas and including the four preceding Sundays. And so uh, since Christmas actually falls on the Sunday, this is the perfect time to bring in this idea of Advent. And so we worked with the first candle on last week, but we're going to talk about the reason why you see five candles instead of four, if it's the four preceding Sundays. So let's bring that up and then we'll, we'll get rolling. So the middle candle always represents Christ. So we know that Christmas is supposed to recognize the birth of Jesus. But if you know anything about the Bible or you're a Bible scholar, you know that more than likely Jesus was not born on December 25th. And based on some things that happened with the Roman Empire, and then we begin to celebrate it on this day. Uh, nothing wrong with celebrating. You, you got to pick some day to celebrate. Nothing wrong with celebrating. But for us who are believers, it's more than just the baby. It is the Christ. That, that That's what we're centered on because if he stayed a baby, there'd be nothing to celebrate. It's the fact that he went from the baby to being the Christ. In other words, he went from the lamb to the lion. And for us, it's Christ in you the hope of glory. And it's good and cute to look at the baby in the manger, but the truth of the matter is you're the manger that the baby laid in because he laid in your mess and your junk and your stuff. But the beautiful thing is he didn't stay a baby. He rose with power. And now the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So if we if we would flash that back up, the, the candles back up, that middle candle always represents Christ because he is the center. He is the thing that makes it move. He's the engine. He's the motor. He's the foundation. He's the substratum. He's what we stand on. He's what we believe in. He, he is the sail behind my ship. He, he's the twinkle in my eye. He's the peanut butter in my Reese cup. He, he's everything. And whether I celebrate it on December 25th, or May 21st, I don't care when I celebrate it. I'm just grateful that I've got the Christ inside of me. But having said that, ain't nothing wrong with celebrating on the 25th either. You want to celebrate and give and you want to have a full manger in your house, have at it. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't forget the Christ. Because that's the point. That's the the whole thing. So... Having said that, we'll, we'll flash it one more time up on the screen. So, so each candle represents something. The middle candle uh, 
my, my guys is distracted just for a second. Go ahead and flash, flash it back up. The, the, we're going to go backwards. So we got five candles. The middle one represents Christ. The far right one represents hope. So go ahead and show them, show them that. And we talked about that last week was hope. So what they will do in, in churches who do this or, or families who do this, they light one candle each week. So the first candle is for hope. And so we talked about hope and then they light that candle. But when they go to the second week, they don't put the first candle out. They add to it. And so we add to the hope. And so last week we talked about what? Anybody remember what it was? I hope. There we go. So go ahead and show them. We talked about I hope. And so the first candle is hope. But now we have to add another candle. And let's show them what the other candle is. And so we go from that far right candle to the far left candle. And the left candle is peace. So now we're transitioning from hope to peace. Now, hope was a uh, fiery upstart message. Peace is a little different because peace has a different connotation. But anybody living in this day and age can understand we need peace. It's so much going on. It's so much stress. It's so much turmoil. It's so much happening. So, you know, what's interesting is they built our life to make it more, um, to make it easier for us. Technology is supposed to make it easier for us, but it doesn't leave us a lot of peace. Because now, do you remember when you would leave the house and you didn't care if anybody called you? You wouldn't worry about, oh, I got to have my cell phone. When you were gone, you were gone. Leave a message if you want to or not, I'm gone. Don't bother me. Don't contact me. But now you can be contacted all times of the day. If it's not your phone ringing, your watch will ring, your inbox will go off. And it's good to keep us connected, but sometimes it robs us of peace. Now, I got to let you know, even though I'm a pastor, every now and then, I just shut the phone off. Whatever y'all dealing with, I'm going to have to get to it tomorrow. Right now, I need some peace. I'm glad for the television and all the channels, but sometimes I want to shut the television off. I want the radio shut off. I don't even want the dishwasher to run, the dryer to run. I don't want the dog to bark. I need some peace. And there's a lot of people like that, but because they don't have what we have, they usually use external measures to get some peace. But let me let you know something. After you come down off of the high, you still need peace. After you wake up with the hangover, you still need peace. I don't care how long you've done sex and who many, how many beds you've been with and been in. Once you get out the beds and put your clothes back on, you still need peace. Because the peace that I'm talking about is not regular peace. It's peace that passes all understanding. So we got to talk about it. The pro- problem with us is we have the wrong kind of peace. We have the P-I-E-C-E, which just means a portion. So many times what we do, we try things and it only gives us a portion of peace. But I need some everlasting peace. Because even though I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, I'm a little bit crazy. I'm not so crazy that I need medicine, but I'm going to go and ask my therapist just in case. Because even though we are saved and sanctified, this is this age that we live in, it messes with our mental health. It messes with our mental faculties. And you might need uh, prayer and you might need some Zoloft. You might need prayer and Xanax. You might need prayer and the therapist. You might, you might need a lot of stuff. And I'm not against any of it because we all need some peace. You might need prayer and cannabis, but I don't, I don't trust it. So how about we try prayer first just in case? But I'm not mad at whatever you need to do to keep you from doing something off the wall and crazy. But so I want to, I want to have hope, but I also want to have peace. Let's, let's look at uh, a definition of peace. Go ahead. How about you go ahead and read that for me? Read the the first one. Freedom from disturbance, tranquility. My goodness. I know some of this, we can't get to heaven, but I just like the way that sounds. Freedom from disturbance. 
I wish the thing we hung on hotel doors, we could hang over our head. Do not disturb. You ever, you ever realize that there's a lot of things that can disturb you that you didn't know could disturb you? When you are agitated, everything is a disturbance. I really love my wife. I mean, love, love, love my wife. But there's times where I'm agitated about something else and just her chewing her gum make me want to go crazy. Can you just not chew so hard and smack so hard? You, you ever been so agitated seeing somebody else eat makes you mad. You just, any little thing can just set you off, take you off, and it's because we're human and we wish we could say, do not disturb. You, you ever gone to a restaurant and the waiter was so good, it came to the point where they were disturbing. Do you need any more to drink? No, I'm fine. The next thing, two minutes later, they come back again. Go somewhere else. Trying to eat. And the next day you go to the same restaurant and you can't find them 10, 15 minutes. You don't know where nobody is. Life has a way of just being disturbing. Even when you say, even when you sanctify, even when you just got out of church, you can just got out of church, cried at the altar, and somebody in the parking lot tick you off. It's just something about our human nature, and the essence of peace is freedom from disturbance, but most of that we don't get in this life. Got to wait till the life to come. Let's Let's read some more. Let's look at uh, point number two in peace. Read that. A state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended. Where you don't have warfare or a truce. The problem is the enemy we fight doesn't fight fair. The devil doesn't just say, you know what, I'm going to stop bothering them today. You know, I have to. I, I had to preach today, and I had some stuff going on, and stuff just kept going wrong. The devil don't care that I'm coming to preach. He really don't want me to preach, so he's trying to bother me. So sometimes we don't get peace from our warfare, all right? And let's put number three up. Go back to the definition. We'll read number three, and then we'll move further. Free from anxiety or distress. Free from anxiety or distress. We all need some of this. And once again, I say, I know y'all saved and all. But the wine you got in your refrigerator ain't going to give you the type of peace that I'm talking about. I'm not saying you can't drink it. I'm not judging you for drinking. But all of us know these temporal things don't bring us lasting peace. What it normally does is just momentarily kick the can down the road. Let me, let me, let me tell you something that uh, some pastors talk about. It's called Here Comes Sunday. And what Here Comes Sunday means is... There's a lot of things that needs to be done in the church, but they don't get done because Sunday rolls around too quick. In other words, oh, we need to fix the speaker, but by the time you get around to fixing the speaker, it's Saturday night. Well, I can't fix it this Sunday because Sunday coming. We got to fix it next week. And then next thing you know, you can't fix it again because the Sunday comes too fast to sometimes buckle down and fix everything that needs to be fixed. And so pastors talk about, well, you have to break the cycle of here comes Sunday. You got to just try to do something. But in your life, it's very similar. Yeah, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that bill, but this happened. I'm going to take care of that, but that happened. I'm going to take care of that, but that happened. So what you end up doing is just kicking the can down the road. I'm going to deal with it later. You plan on dealing with it, but next thing you know, you look up and you haven't had a chance to get anything done. And that just exacerbates and makes us stressed out, worried, and anxious. All right. So having said all that, let's give us some peace synonyms. Let's put it up. I'll read these. So... Calmness, restfulness, quietness, stillness, serenity, retirement, lack of disturbance or interruption, freedom from interference. Now, these are the things that peace can bring. Now, of course, you live in the human world. You won't get all of it all the time, but it would be good just to have a few days of absolute peace. That's why we go on vacations to have peace. But the problem with our vacations, we're so stressed to get to the plane 
And we so stressed to get to the hotel. And then after we thought we paid for everything, we find out, man, they food is high here. Man, this is high here. And then the kids won't shut up. And then the wife won't act right. And the next thing you know, now you need a vacation from your vacation. So life is like that, so we have to stop looking at temporal things to fix all of our stuff. And sometimes we just got to say, God, if you don't do it, it won't be done. Even right now, folk don't have peace because of Christmas. I don't have what I want to give to who I want. And stuff wasn't on sale like I thought it was going to be on sale. I'm behind, so now I'm stressed out. It's supposed to be a good season, and it ends up being a stress season because the devil finds every way to just get in there and just mess with us with his old ugly two, two-bit slew-footed self. He just mess with us, and it leaves us not having peace. So now let's try to put this together to make sense. So... We're going to talk about today, today's title, that's just a setup. Today's title is Powerful Peace. Powerful Peace. So basically what I'm saying, we don't just need peace, we need powerful peace. What's interesting is you don't normally see those two together. Because peace is about calmness, quietness, tranquility. But what I proved to you, the peace that we need is not just regular peace. We need some peace... That comes with some power. We, we need some peace that's got some oomph behind it. Because what we're dealing with is not just regular. Really what we're dealing with is demonic. It's demonically influenced and it's demonically assigned. Your day could be going really good and you bump into the wrong person at the wrong time. You ain't seen your ex in 10 years and he just so happened to be at the same Walmart you are on the same aisle when everything was going good and now you've got to see his ugly tail and you mad all over again. Then you go home and now your kids look like the baby daddy. <laughs> he always looked like the baby daddy and but now, now I'm actually, that's the, de- the devil does that kind of stuff on purpose. So we need some power to step in. Just like the devil steps in to interrupt stuff, we need some power to step in and fix some stuff. And it's true that yes, we need to read the Bible and yes, we need to pray and yes, we need to come to church and yes, we need to give and yes, we need to love and yes, we need to be kind. But sometimes even when I do all that, I still get the wrong result. So what I really need, God, I need your power. And I, I, I like the church that we have, that we have lights and we got screens and we got flowers and we got seats. But sometimes we have all that and don't have no power. If I've got to get rid of the screens to have the power, I'd rather have the power. Because the stuff that I'm dealing with is straight from hell and I need some power to overcome what I'm going through. And as long as we're in church, we can make it assume like everything's okay. We can dress it up. We can hallelujah it up. But when we go and when we look ourselves in the mirror, we realize that I'm about to lose my mind if God don't show up with some power. And I'm grateful that you come to a church that just doesn't have a pastor. It has power. Because the power of the Lord rests in this place. And that's why we say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in the place. I need you to do for the people what I cannot do. I need you to fix what I cannot fix. I need you to heal what I cannot heal. I need you to mend what I cannot mend. I need you to show up, God, and bring power to the situation. Peace and power. Peace and power. And the reason why I'm saying it like this, not to make you clap and shout, even though I like when y'all clap and shout, but I'm trying to announce to the devil, you're not going to scare us. You're not going to make us back up because the God that we serve, he's got power. 
Yes, I'm addicted right now, but I serve a God who got the power to break me free. Yes, I'm broke right now, but I serve a God who has the power to break me free. Yes, I'm depressed right now, but I serve a God who has the power to break me free. Yes, my marriage is broken right now, but I serve a God who's got some power. 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 I, I don't mind quiet church as long as your quiet church has some power. I don't mind going to mass and sitting up and down as long as your mass has some power. I don't want to come in another church service that's dead and dry. I don't want to be in another dead service until they have my funeral. But as long as I'm living, give me some power. Oh, hallelujah. Power. The old, old saints would sing it this way. Power. Power, wonder, work, and power in the blood of the Lamb. I need some power. And I'm glad because I would have quit if it wasn't for his power. I would have gave up if it wasn't for his power. Some of y'all, if you tell the truth, I almost committed suicide, but his power brought me out. I almost walked away, but his power brought me out. I almost gave up, but his power... Yes, I'm talking about peace, but I'm not talking about any kind of peace, but powerful peace. All right, go ahead and put the title right back up again so they can see it real good. Powerful peace. And uh, make it transparent before we move on. Some good old Holy Ghost powerful peace. All right. Now, now I, I got to move on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give us some common verses of peace. We're going to go through these pretty quickly and then we're going to switch and we're going to just talk about God's power and then we're going to tie the two together so it's powerful peace because the candle is not the candle of power. It's the candle of peace. But I want to show you how the peace and the power connect together. So let's go through some some really common scriptures that bring us to the idea of peace. Isaiah 9 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, mm, mm -hmm. the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This is the prophecy of the child that many people are going to be celebrating in this month. But at the end of the prophecy, it calls him the Prince of Peace. So, so when you are the Prince of Asia or the Prince of Europe, you control that region. But he's the Prince of Peace. So the peace that we need is not any kind of peace. It's powerful peace. And the prince of that peace is the Lamb of God. Yeah. Now look at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace shall be no end. I won't go all into that. I just gave you the A clause of the version. But it, it basically I'll just drop this on you. In the, in the ages to come. You won't need governments. You won't need Democrats and Republicans. You won't have to vote because the government will be on his shoulder. He will be the government. And the government will be a government of peace. All right, let's look at verse 3 of Isaiah 26. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted Indeed. All right, so I'm going to have perfect peace as long as my mind is on all the gifts I got to get and how broke I Stay am on and, him. and how much money I don't have and oh, what Herschel Walker and Trump is doing that and and what what uh what Nancy Pelosi is doing. Listen, if you let all that stuff get in your head, I don't care who you vote for, it's going to mess with your mind. Sometimes you got to turn MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, you got to cut it all off because it's messing with my peace. Yeah. But that will keep him in perfect peace who's what? Stayed on the Stayed on the yeah, because you trusted in him. All right, let's look at verse 27, John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, 
give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I'm, I don't normally like to do this, but let me do it this way. Let me just go ahead and Andre nice that verse. That means I'm going to go ahead and paraphrase it my, my way. He said, don't trip. I, I, I got this. Now, I know you ain't going to see it in the Bible that way, but that's what I heard. Stop tripping. Have peace. I got this. Uh, look at your name and say, quit tripping. Quit, quit tripping. I got this. He got this. All right. Let's look at Psalms 29. And now we're going to go and we're going to preach from Psalms. And now we're going to turn it toward the power. And if, if you could help me in the back, I need you to drop my microphone down just a tad. It's going to be just a little feedback. Psalms 29. So we're going to be going between the King James Version and the New Living Translation. And so let's put up Psalms 29.1 from the King James Version. And it is a Psalm of David. Now, would you go ahead and read? Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. All right. Let's let's look at verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It's interesting the way this chapter starts off because it changes from after these two verses it totally changes it talks about us first and I'm not really going to go into it because I wrote about it in this book so if you want to know about these two verses you got to buy the book that's a good commercial wasn't it but I I, I won't stay there because it's really not the point I'm trying to get to but let's give you the first uh, point I'm going to put up first two points and then then we'll, we'll go on because it's interesting how the verse changes from there. So let's put up point number one. And Mother Mitchell, I'm going to have you read these points for me to help me. Praise and worship are commanded. Then God does the rest. Praise and worship are commanded. Then God does the rest. We're going to flip it. I'm going to read the verses and I'm going to have you do the points this time. And so point one, we, we just said that. And then uh, I want you to put point two up. And then I'll explain it. Our voice starts the process. God's voice does the rest. All right, so the the Psalm of David, it shifts. After the first two verses, it talks about us. After that, it keeps talking about the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. So immediately, it commands us to do something. But after we do it, God takes over and does the rest. And so you don't have to bring them back up, but I'll repeat two points again. The first point is praise and worship are commanded. And then God does the rest. Second point is our voice starts the process. God's voice does the rest. The best way that I could explain this is to tell you something I do with my phone. I've got to the place where I'll pick up my phone when I'm in an unfamiliar place and I'll say, Siri, take me home. Siri won't go until I first use my voice. But after I use my voice, the rest of the way, I don't have to say anything. It does the rest. Go down this street and turn left and do that. So I initiated with my voice and then its voice takes over and does the rest. So in this psalm, it's saying the same thing. You initiate by giving God your praise and your worship. But after that, he don't need nothing else from you. I got it from here on out. In other words, some of my promises are voice out. Use your voice and activate it. But once you use your voice, I don't need your help. At home, I'll say, Alexa, set my alarm for 7 p.m. After I say that, Alexa does not need my help in setting my alarm. It just needed me to start it off with my voice. And it does the rest. And so as we go through this psalm, we'll see how once we give God our praise and our worship... God will do the rest. But when I was thinking about this example, I thought of a little funny story. It's got nothing to do with the message, but it was it was just a little kind of funny because technology will try to mess you up and try to trip you up. Siri was trying to mess up my marriage because I got in the car with my wife and I said, Siri, take me home. And Siri said, which home? Devin looked at me. I looked at Devin. Siri, the devil is a lie. Don't, don't be messing me up. <laughs> so I had to go into settings and fix that. The devil is a lie. Because <laughs> guess what? I wasn't about to have no powerful peace that night. 
But anyway, move, moving right along. I just, they had nothing to do with the message. I just had to throw that in there. All right, let's, let's go to Psalms 29 and 3. And I'll read this. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. Now, once again, it tells us to give the Lord glory and the strength. And the next thing you know, uh, then David starts talking about the voice of the Lord on the waters. When I, when I studied out in the commentary, it says that evidently within some time of David writing this, he had seen a powerful storm, not just a little raindrop, but a powerful storm. You ever had a storm that hits and it thunders and actually shakes the house? Some of y'all women, don't play me. Y'all get scared. Y'all, y'all, y'all go get up under the covers when it's thundering real good and real bad. But what happened was David was looking at the power and the thunder, and instead of being scared, he got to thinking about God's voice is like that. God's voice is so powerful, it thunders like thunder. And so put uh, point number three up, and, and would you read that for me, Mother Mitchell? Where fear should be, God's power is often seen. So where I should be afraid of the storm, when I have this powerful peace instead of fearing, I start thinking, man, my God is bad. Man, my God can do anything. And the devil, many times, he throws storms, and he throws thunder, and he throws stuff to trip you up. But in the middle of it, right when you're getting ready to get scared, you start remembering, wait a second, the last time I was in a situation, he brought me out. And if he did it last time, he probably still big and bad enough to do it this time. So instead of crying, I'm going to start praising and let God do what only he can do. I'm not about to be scared. I'm just going to go ahead and trust God. Because that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusted in him. A lot of the things the devil does is to scare us. To doing what he wants us to do. Scare us to throwing in the towel. Scare us to quitting. He does stuff, but he doesn't have the power to make us quit. He can only suggest that we quit. So he tries to get us to fear. And instead of David fearing in the storm, he got thinking, God, you're awesome. All right, let's, let's move on. Let's look at verse 4, Psalms 29, 4. So once again, he keeps using this phrase. The voice of the Lord is what? powerful, the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Now think of it from Satan's term. Here I am throwing a storm to scare you and the next thing I know David is over here praising God, talking about God you bad, God you awesome God you are majestic. Let me let you know something. The devil will stop messing with you if every time he mess with you, you start praising God and start worshiping God. Now He has to keep messing with you because that's his job, but he'll do it and he won't want to do it. He'll mess with you and not want to mess with you because he's afraid what will happen when he does mess with you. Let let, let me uh, back up a little bit. Just what what we are. We are, today's the 11th. So four days ago was December 7th, 2022. But if you know anything about that date, December 7th, 1941 was the first time we were attacked on American soil, and it happened in Hawaii when Pearl Harbor was bombed. It was bombed by the Japanese. And the story says they asked the Japanese emperor why he did what he did. And based on him, and I, I, I can't remember, it, I believe, yeah, this is the Second World War. So based on him and Hitler, because he was going to try to align himself with Hitler, he was scared of what would happen. If I don't align myself with Hitler, Hitler going to run over me. So I'm going to go ahead and join with Hitler. But he said, I'm afraid that all I've done by attacking America is to wake up a sleeping giant. I attack him because I don't have a better choice. But I'm afraid that I hooked up with the wrong one and attacked the wrong one. And guess what happened? All he did was wake up a sleeping giant. And we bombed, the last real nuclear bombs was what we did when we bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And the problem was he hooked up with the wrong one and he attacked the wrong one. And I say that to say this to you. The devil don't always want to mess with you, but he ain't got no choice. If he leave you alone, you're going to prosper. But his problem, if he hits you, you still going to prosper. 
If he leave you alone, you're going to succeed. But if he hits you, you're still going to succeed. But the problem is when he hits you, all he does is wake up what's inside of you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You mess with the wrong marriage. You mess with the wrong family. You mess with the wrong church. You mess with the wrong money. You mess with the wrong mind. I, I know the God that I serve. I got peace even in the midst of the storm because I know the power of the God that I serve. Right, moving right along. Y'all gonna y'all gonna mess around because I heard all y'all yelling, but I heard Lady Devin say, "Preach on Jay." Oh, come on, somebody! I might I might start acting up today. Let's look at verse five. I'll read that. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. Now, for us. That didn't have a lot of context for us. But if you were in that day and age, the, the cedar tree from Lebanon was one of the best cedar trees. It was the one where all the wealthy people used those cedar trees to build their homes. It was the most sturdy of cedar trees because these particular cedar trees were close to the coast. So they always had sources of water running to them, so they were very strong. But when I studied it, what was interesting about these particular trees, these cedar trees, they were adverse to bugs and decay. In other words, they didn't decay well. A a lot of bugs are attracted to trees, but what they do is they begin to eat the trees, and even though the trees are old, they begin to slowly die and rot because the bugs begin to eat them. But this particular tree, even when the bugs come, it couldn't take all the sap out of it. See, because a tree grows from its sap, and many times the bugs wanted the sap. And and that's why the devil tries to attach stuff to you, to drain you from the inside out, to pull your sap out, and to decay you. You live in but you dying. You vacationing, but you're broken. There are folk who are smiling on Facebook with a wife that they can't stand because on the inside, the marriage is drying and rotting out from the inside. But this cedar tree was different than it could not be broken, but the Bible says the voice of the Lord would split that tree. So having said that, let's put up point number four. Would you read point number four, Mother Mitchell? God uses his power to destroy the indestructible in your life. Woo-wee. So not only can we be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, not only can we be like a cedar, sometimes the things we are attacked with are like cedars. The, the proclivities, that's a big word to say, the generational curses that are in my family that have come from generation to generation and now I'm dealing with it and can't none of us break it. We've all felt this way. Every one of the women had a baby out of wedlock and it don't seem like we can break it because now there's a 15 year old and she's pregnant. It don't seem like we can break it but the voice of the Lord It can split through the indestructible. It can split through what the devil has built up and what tried to hold you in and and try to mess you up. And what you got to understand, it just might be possible the buck is going to stop with you. You're the last family member that's going to deal with this. You're the last family member that's about to be broke. You're the last family member that's not going to graduate college because the voice of the Lord is going to pierce through the darkness and split up and break up everything that's not like him. Break up the foul ground. So God uses his power to destroy the indestructible. So this is what I need you to understand, to give you peace. Stop worrying about what you can't fix. Listen, I I want to, in 2023, I don't want to smoke cigarettes no more. So, but right now in December, I'm still smoking cigarettes. So the devil tell you, you ain't got nothing. Don't come to church. Don't pray. 
Don't praise because you ain't got. You said at January 2022, you said you weren't going to be smoking any cigarettes. And here you are. You're doing it again. Let me let you know something. I don't care if it's 2029 and you're still smoking them. God's voice can break through whenever he get ready. Don't let the devil get any power over you. You just keep believing God. And even if you're smoking right now, say, one day I won't need this. I may need it right now, but one day I'll be able to put it behind. Don't let the devil mess with your head. You're going to be just what God said you're going to be. And guess what? It's good that you go to deliverance temple and not perfect temple. Because as long as you're here, you got a chance to get your deliverance. And I just use that as an example because it's not necessarily sin. I'm, I'm using a safe, easy example. And the reason why I, I say that, it's not that we want you doing things that's going to harm you, that's going to hurt your testimony and hurt your witness. But what we understand is people are human. And there are some indestructible habits that have locked itself to us that we don't know where it came from. We don't know how it got in us. We don't know when it happened. And some of us, we do know when it happened. We do know how it happened. I was young and somebody forced themselves on me. And now I don't function like I normally would function. It wasn't my fault. Somebody left me unattended with the wrong person. And they took advantage of me. And now I'm messed up in the head. But what I need you to understand, powerful peace can break you out of your prison and set the captives free. He's able to do it. And sometimes the reason why he doesn't do it right away is so that when he does deliver you, you'll have a heart for people who still stuck in what you used to be stuck in. And you'll go back and you'll grab somebody and you'll tell them the same thing God told you. Don't worry about it right now. I serve a delivering, powerful voice of the Lord speaking God that can split the indestructible in your life. Somebody say this, what I'm dealing with now, I won't deal with forever. Because the voice of the Lord has spoken. All right, now now let's look at these next verses, Psalms 29 and 6. It goes on from the trees, and it says, He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap. Like a young wild ox. Now, what we all know, we don't have to be scholars to know mountains don't move. And we know a scripture that says that you can speak to the mountain and it be removed. But this verse says God's voice is so strong, he'll make the mountain skip. It's, it's, it's hard to move a mountain. But God said, I'm proud enough to make a mountain skip. Now, let me go back to my last example. They say twins skips a generation. So somebody can have twins later on and it skips and comes down to you. If twins can skip a generation, a curse can skip a generation. And so the curse that's in my life, it can skip on down the road to somebody else because I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to believe it. And here's the thing, the curse comes to you and says, I'm here for my, my yearly bondage, Mr. Mitchell. All your family members have been riddled with lust. Here I am. We'll skip to my loo, my darling. Skip on down the road. Because when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. You don't belong in this life. You don't belong in this family. You don't belong in my mind. You don't belong in my body. So skip on, brother, skip on. God has the power to make stuff skip out of my life. Nobody in the family has made over $40,000. Well, skip that. I'm about to be the one. Nobody's in the family business has made it. Skip that. I'm about to be the one. Everybody in the family has rode the bus and had the bus pass. Thank God for the missed bus, but skip on. I'm heading down to the Mercedes dealership, and I'm about to skip right into a car because I don't care what's happened in the past. What God has for me, it is for me. I'm going to get what God says I'm going to get. Now, we, we had a staff meeting, and I may be wrong, but I think I'm right. 
And I was looking at the cars, and I seen a car out there that looked different from the other cars. And I'm counting the people, and I know cars that's supposed to be out there in the staff meeting. Now, when, when y'all are here, I don't know. But there was one particular vehicle out there that somebody told me that they had a dream that they wish they could get someday. I wish I could get it someday. And it kind of looked like what they said they wish they could get. And I don't know if it is it, but what I do know is some of y'all wishes about to come true. There's some stuff skipping in your direction. There's some stuff about to skip to your door. There's some stuff about to skip. There's some stuff you've only wish and hope. It's about to show up, not because of you, but because the power of God's peace is going to be available for you. Now, we're not, we're not materialistic people. We glad we get heaven. I don't need a nice car to go to heaven. I don't need steaks to go to heaven. I can have baloney and go to heaven. So I don't need it. But let me not lie. Sometimes I have more peace when I don't have to tie my muffler up with a rubber band. I have more peace when I don't have to wait till McDonald's bring the McRib back out for me to have a decent meal. And so what I'm telling you is not that God's doing it because materials are important, because materials are temporary, but some materials just bring you another level of Peace. I done had $5 in the bank account and still praise God. I done had 5000 in the bank account and still praise God. I had a better level of peace with 5000 than I did with 5 It's not that God got them. He don't have to bless me with money to make me happy. I'm happy with him. But guess what? If, if. I need some prosperity to have some peace. Skip it on my way. Skip it on my way. If I need a new man to have some peace, skip the raggedy one on out and skip a new one on in. Unless you're already married. Don't be, don't be trying to. Let me move on. Let me move on. Verse 7. The voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. It's one of the ways he was able to split trees straight with the lightning. His, with lightning. He could just hit with lightning. Now, as a pastor and as a preacher and as a minister, when I deal with people who are not a part of the church and they talk to me, they say, I would love to come to your church. Well, come on. We, we don't judge. Come on. Come as you are. But if I come, I know lightning going to strike if I come. Anybody ever told you that? Some people believe that they've done so much dirt that if they come to church, God going to interrupt the whole service just to get there. And it's not all they thought because some people have taught that kind of stuff. God going to get you. God going to get you. God going to get Why would I come to church if God going to get me? If I'm running from the police... I ain't going to the donut shop. Because I might find them there. So I'm going to say, so if you keep telling people that God's going to get them and hit them with lightning, they will never come to church. But the reason why I bring this up, because it's not really biblical. What the Bible does says the voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. It does say that. But the previous thing is talking about how the mountains move. And the previous thing was talking about how the trees will split. So when you put together is that God does strike with lightning. But the only reason why he strikes is to move the obstacles out of your way. So yes, God's going to strike some stuff with lightning. But he's not going to strike you. He's going to strike what's trying to hold you down. He's not going to strike you. He's trying to strike the debt that's been crippling you. He's not striking you. He's trying to strike the depression that's behind the decisions you've been making. So don't let people believe God's going to strike them. He's going to strike the stuff that's holding them. That brings me to point number five. And would you go ahead and read that? God doesn't want to hurt his people with lightning. 
He wants to hurt what's hurting his people with lightning. So, yeah, yeah, God going to get you. Not you, but the demon that's messing with you. Yeah, God, God going to get you, but not you, the demon that's hurting you. And the truth of the matter is, matter is hurt people hurt people. Some of the stuff you do, you didn't do because you wanted to do. You didn't even plan on doing it, but you end up doing it because there's something hurting you. But God is so good. He said, I know how to hurt. It's hurting you. If, if you watch certain certain uh, action shows, you'll see where there'll be maybe a robber or somebody. He'll grab a girl. And he'll put a gun to the head. And the other person says, drop the gun or I'll shoot her. And then what some some they'll show the person will drop the gun. Others they'll show they won't drop the gun. They find a way to shoot the robber and leave the person still standing who's being harassed. And what I'm telling you to do now is God's lightning is going to do just that. There's some stuff that got its hand on your neck. And it ain't just playing with your neck stroking. No, no, it's choking you. It's trying to take the life out of you. There's some trials that's trying to squeeze your eyeballs out. There's some stuff in your family that's got you so worried, so twisted and knots. You can't go to sleep. You can't take enough pills to get out of it. It's so much going on. It's trying to squeeze you. But I'm here to let you know the lightning is coming, but it's not going to hit you. It's going to hit the thing that's choking you. It's going to hit the thing that's got a grip on you. And guess what? You're going to find out you're looser than you used to be. You move happier than you used to be. Because the thing that was hurting me got hurt. So, I know I don't have it here, and I'm coming to a close, but but so is there any scripture that you can quote Pastor Andre to make me at least believe what you're saying because you're just saying stuff, but I like when you go to the scripture, and I like when you want me to go to the scripture because the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. But then it says, though who have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. It means the enemy had his hand on you, but you still got redeemed. The enemy had his hand on your life, but you still made it out. If you about lost your mind, but you still here. I almost died, but I'm still here. I almost went crazy, but I'm still here. I almost backslid, but I'm still here. I almost lost my job, but I still got it. I almost lost my marriage, but I still got it. Yes, the devil grabbed me, but the thing that grabbed me got got get the one that's getting me I was thinking about something I, I, I was trying to figure out how could I say it to keep names nameless I figured out how to do it so so back years ago uh, growing up on Elgin I spent a lot of times with my cousins in Elgin Park and uh, Elgin Manor and so we would go to the park and we would be playing kickball and I was happy to be playing with these people. So they say, so I'm trying to do it so nobody will know what I'm saying. But I was playing with, with these individuals. And these particular individuals was getting on my nerves. And they were female individuals. And so I started talking about them real bad. I didn't talk about their mom and all that because I, I grew up right. But everything but, I talked about them real bad. Told them how ugly they was and how four-eyed and buck-toothed and that. Because they was getting on my nerves. So I was going to let them have it. And Sister Teresa, I was letting them have it. I, everything I could think but cuss, I was letting them have it. In other words, I was being just I was just being a bully. But one of them went back to the house. And about four minutes later, their uncle came out. And uncle was kind of big. And uncle did not care that I was the pastor's son. He cussed me clean out and told me if I said another thing, done another thing. Guess what? I didn't wait for him to finish. I ran back home. But what he was doing, he was stopping the thing that was hurting the ones that he loved. And I don't know how the devil's been bullying you and how he's been talking about you and how he's been in your ear and telling you how you're no good, you're no nothing. But when Jesus steps out the house, 
when you go back and get your big brother and he steps out the house, I'm here to let you know everything that's been hurting you about to get God. God is coming after everything that's got its grip on you. Get your hands off my mind. I'm not getting my hands off your mind. Get your hands off my money. I'm not getting my hands off your money. Okay, I'm going to go tell my brother, Jesus, thou son of David, there's somebody messing with me. There's some demons bothering me. There's some stuff bullying me. There's some stuff pushing me around. And when Jesus steps in with his powerful peace, he hurts the thing that's hurting you. I don't remember much about the color purple, but Seely, you know how you know how Seely got once she the one that got beat real bad. Well, the devil gonna be like Seely. He about to put a whooping on Seely's head. All right, I got gotta move on. Let's read verses eight and nine. Verse eight says this. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. Uh, you'd have to kind of study it out, but basically it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a wilderness, but wilderness means dead. It's simply, that's as simple as I can put it. It's some, a place is real dead. Let's look at verse 9. The voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve and discovereth the forest, and in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. Now, it doesn't make sense that these two are put together because when you say make hinds the calf, it means that the deer gives birth. So one scripture says everything's dead. He's shaking what's dead. And another scripture says stuff is being born. I mean, we do deal with birth and death, but why would the voice of the Lord be doing both of it? In the, I mean, in David's writing this as a song. Why would they put it together? And I know we don't understand the land that he's talking about, but help. Help me make it make sense, God. So put up point number six. God's power makes dead things live and living things die all for his glory. So if there's some stuff in your life that's living that shouldn't be living, he know how to shake it and make it die. If there's some stuff in your life dying that shouldn't be dying, he know how to shake it and make it live. So whatever I need, God's voice has the power to bring the peace, to kill what's supposed to be killed, and make alive what's supposed to be alive. There's some dreams that need to be alive, and there's some dreams that need to die. Because some of the men you're dreaming about, you don't need to be with him. Some of the women you're dreaming about, you don't need to be with her. So guess what God will learn how to do? He'll kill the desires that don't need to be there, and he'll raise the desires that do need to be there. And I do want to get out of here, but there's some folk in love with some folk that they didn't even think they thought was cute at first. You know how some of y'all, you know women, you know how y'all are. He ain't all that cute. He, he asked me on number, but he, he's not my type. Talk to that lady three months later after he'd been in her ear and she'd been laying on the phone talking about, oh, baby, I love you. Wait a second. I thought he wasn't all that cute. Now, he done cutened up real quick because God know how to make the desire switch and change. And let me let you know something. When somebody treats you right, they look a whole lot better than they first look. And when somebody treats you wrong, they look a whole lot worse than what they first look. So he know how to kill what needs to be killed and make alive what needs to be alive. And let me not just jump on, on the men. Let's jump, I mean the women. Let me jump on the men. Something, some of those women that got the shape just like you like. I mean, ooh, I mean, you turn all the way around to look at her. She's shaped like that, but she crazy as a bat. And when you hook up with her, you're going to be so sorry. You're going to be so glad to get away from her. Because let me tell you something. Good looks don't stop crazy. So God, if I got some desires and I'm designed the wrong thing, kill it. But if I need to be designed something else, make it alive. He know how to do it all for his glory. Psalms 29 and 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. 
Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Read number seven. However you need it, God's got you. So this is this is quite similar to what I just said. He knows how to kill what needs to be killed and make it alive what needs to be alive. So then David says, he sits on the flood. Well, in most cases, floods destroy things. But guess what? If you need some demons destroyed, he sits on the flood, he can flood the demons. But if you need some blessings your way, he could flood you with blessings. Because he controls the flow of the flood. So if you need the flood to bless you, he can flood you and bless you. But if you need the flood to hurt something, he can flood it and hurt something. So his voice brings you peace because he got the power to do whatever needs to be done, whenever it needs to be done, however, whenever, because he's just that big and he's just that bad. I need a flood of joy. Let me flood it off. I'm flooded with anxiety. Let me turn it off. I need a flood of peace. Let me turn it on. I'm flooded with worry. Let me turn it off. He knows whatever flow you need, he knows how to make it flow. That's why the scripture in the song says, peace like a river. So he knows how to make the river flow where it needs to and flow away from it when it needs to. So he sits on the flood. So now we're, we're done. We're pretty much coming to a close. So we've been talking about powerful peace. But this whole scripture that David's been talking about the first he, he tells us that we first we got to worship and praise and then after that the next thing we hear is a voice of the Lord voice of the Lord voice of the Lord we went through all of that but let's look at what it says at the end let's read Psalms 29 11 okay I forgot I'm supposed to be reading that the Lord will give strength unto his people the Lord will bless his people with peace all right so Everything, this is the last verse of that chapter. Everything he told us was only for one purpose. And let me read the purpose again. The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So everything he about to do in your life is for one reason only, is to give you the peace that you need. But not just any peace. Powerful peace. And so... Just because it's being done in a forceful way don't mean God's not working on your behalf. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. But he's turning things upside down to bring you peace. Now, I I, I got to stop because I don't want to go over. We got one final point. But normally when you go into the new year, you hear people talking about all the folk they got to cut off. When you get the new year, 2023, you can't go with me. 2023, don't be with me. Let me let you know something. You ain't got to cut nobody off because once God get done shaking, folk don't want to be around you when God starts working in your life. They'll back up. They'll get away from you. You ain't got to cut nobody off. God will do the cutting because when God get done shaking, at the end of the day, he going to bring you peace and anything and anyone that's hindering your peace cannot and will not stay. Like the Red Sea they're going to part right on out of your way. Now, some of the folk you leave, you might cry over. Because there might be somebody you thought you'd have with forever. You, some of the people that said, oh, pastor, I'll be with you forever. I don't see them. They don't go here no more. Forever lasted six months. Forever is different for some folk. Let's, let's quit. Let's, let's, let's go point number eight. This is the last one. Go ahead and read that, mother. Of all the things God can use his power for, he uses it to make sure we have peace. Out of all that power, the voice of the Lord that David talks about, all it was is to bring you peace. But not any kind of peace. What kind of peace? Powerful, Powerful peace. Powerful peace. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Powerful peace. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you, you have me ministering and talking to people who've been through a lot of things. Some of the things are self-inflicted. Some of them are. There's just ups and downs. We've lost loved ones. We've had issues. We've had, we've got, we got stuff we got to deal with even in the new coming year. We don't know how we're going to face it. But you told me to let them know, don't just have hope, but know that you're bringing powerful peace into their lives. And just like the baby came into the manger, you'll come into the most messed up space and you will bring peace because you are the prince of 
peace in their lives. And for that, we give you praise. We love you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. Peace.